Welcome to our Good Friday service today. Today we're going we're gonna to try to keep it very, very lean for you. Um, and so um, I just want to preach a very, very simple but serious message. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like, you know, normally on Good Fridays, um, you know, I, I just I like having a contemplative service where we just kind of meditate upon what Christ did for us. But for some reason this week, I just feel so bothered and my heart just feels like, I think ever since last week, that, you know, maybe we just need to be challenged as a church and maybe we need, you know, we're ready to be challenged as a church to take some steps forward. And so I hope that, you know, God really speaks to you today. I know some of you guys are fasting, you know, good job. I hope you're getting closer to Jesus as a result of the fast. Only a few hours left to go, you know, so let's finish strong and let's uh, continue to seek after Christ uh, today. Our passage, let's get to the sermon. Our passage uh, comes from Matthew 26. Verses 36 to 46. Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46. The Word of God reads, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. You know, we have Good Friday services for one simple reason. You know, the only reason really to attend a Good Friday service is to be thankful for what Jesus Christ did for us 2,000 years ago upon the cross. You know, 2,000 years ago upon the cross, Jesus Christ willingly died, you know, so that the wrath of God against our sins could be fully satisfied through his death. And he chose to do that for us. He chose to do that for the glory of the Father, you know. And once again, you know, I, I like spending Good Friday services just thinking about that and meditating upon that and being thankful for that. But just there's, for some reason in my heart, I just feel like God you know, really wants to challenge us a little bit more uh, on this day. And so that's why I chose this particular passage to talk about. You know, in this particular passage, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane praying with his disciples, or quote-unquote praying with his disciples. He's praying. They're sleeping. But what happened just before? They had just come from the Last Supper. And the pinnacle of the Last Supper was what? The moment where Jesus took the bread and lifts it, and he breaks it in front of his disciples, and he says, hey, this is my body, which is going to be broken, for you. And then he takes a cup, which is filled with wine, and he says, this wine is wine, but 
It represents the blood, my blood, that will be shed for the forgiveness of sins. And so just a few hours before being in this garden, he's with his disciples and he just told them that he's going to die for their forgiveness, for the forgiveness of their sins. Now, if you knew that in a matter of hours you were going to be captured, tortured, and crucified, how would you spend your last few hours? You know, I'm not sure, I don't actually know what I'd do, but I know who I'd spend it with. I'd spend it with the people that I care about the most in this world, right? If I only had a few hours left. And we see here that Jesus is no different. He drags three of his closest friends here on earth, Peter, James, and John, and he says, will you come with me and keep watch with me and pray with me? In the garden. And so we see here that, you know, the humanity of Jesus really is coming out, right? He needed like human physical comfort, you know, from others. And it's beautiful. But we see that even more in verses 37 to 39. He takes Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, verse 37 says, along with him. And here we go. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. When was the last time you saw or you read about Jesus being sorrowful and troubled? You know, we've, we've never seen Jesus like this. Jesus was always a confident person. He was the one that's always filled with joy, no matter what the circumstance. But here we see that he shows us his true heart, right? He shows, he shows us his true emotion. Verse 38, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So not only is Jesus sorrowful, but he shares that very honestly with his disciples, Right? And he, then he asks, he asks them to join with him in his heart in prayer. Right? It's beautiful. So human. Verse 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And here is probably the most human we've ever seen Jesus Christ in the Gospels because he literally prays what every other human being would pray if he knew that he was going to die in a few hours. And he says, God, please, if I don't have to die, if I don't have to be tortured and crucified, can you please make it not happen? That's something we'd all pray. And it's so human and it's so beautiful for us to hear Jesus' true heart, you know, behind what he's feeling at that moment. Right? God, please, I don't want to do this. You know, take it away from me if you can. But then, of course, Jesus saying, you know, being Jesus, he says, well, you know, but not as I will, but God, you know, I'll always do what you want me to do in my life. You know, a lot of times when we think about Jesus Christ, we think, you know, when we talk about Good Friday, we think, oh, yeah, you know, you know, of course, Jesus can be tortured, crucified. I mean, he's God. I mean, surely if anyone could do that, surely God the Son could do that. And a lot of times we forget that Jesus Christ was actually fully human as well. You know, he was fully God, totally. But he was also fully human. And we see here through these prayers how human he is. We see here through this whole night how human he is, how he wanted physical human comfort at his most, you know, difficult time. You know, for Jesus, I kind of believe that for Jesus, this is probably the most difficult night of his life. Right? I mean, I'm sure, of course, the crucifixion was horrific the next night. But this might have been one of the worst nights of his life. I mean, in the book of Luke, it literally says that he was so distressed. He was, such in, he was in such agony that he was sweating drops of blood. Have you guys ever sweat drops of blood? Probably not. 
right? But it just goes to show how extreme of a situation Jesus was really in, doesn't it? And that's how he felt. Christ was suffering that much. And of course, it makes sense because he was going to be crucified the next day. And because the thought of that was so difficult, what does he do? He brings his friends to join with him and to join his heart in prayer that night. But instead of finding support, he turns to them and finds them sleeping, right? Not just once, but three times. And so in verse 40, this is what he says, verse 40. He says, couldn't you men keep watch with me for just one hour? Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? And in those words, not only do we feel the torment of Christ, but we also feel the disappointment of Christ and his friends, don't we? And it was bad enough that Jesus Christ had to go to the cross and, and everything that that entailed. But what made it worse was that the, per, the people that he was dying for, the people who supposedly loved and cared for him the most in this world, would rather sleep than share in his heart, in his like worst moment of torment. And it is that point that I would like, that, that really is the heart of our message today on Good Friday. You know, the key to understanding what Jesus is saying here is really in that phrase, to keep watch. Right? Does anyone know what that phrase, to keep watch, means? You know, to keep watch means to be alert. And maybe more specifically, it means to be alert in prayer, to share in the burden of what's on God's heart right now. That's what it means, to, be, to keep watch. And so Jesus wanted his disciples to engage in the heart of God with Christ, at that time, right? And that's why he says in verse 41, it says, watch and pray, right? Right after he says, couldn't you keep watch with me? He says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What is he saying in this verse? He's saying this. He's saying, don't you guys realize that God has so much that he wants to share with us right now? God has so many things upon his heart that he wants to share with you right now. No, there are so many issues. There are so many people that are on the heart of God that he wants you to be burdened with, just like I am right now in the garden. Don't choose to sleep when there are so many eternal opportunities around you. That's what he's saying. Now, what you have to realize is verse 41, this challenge that he's giving it wasn't just a message for that moment. But if you look at the rest of the disciples' lives, they spent the rest of their lives keeping watch. They spent the rest of their lives being alert. They spent the rest of their lives engaging in the heart of God for his people and for his will. And they died that way. So we know that this is not a message for the moment, but it was a message for the rest of their lives, which also means that it's a message for the church today. You know, we may not be physically we may not be physically sleeping with Jesus in the garden. But the church in many ways is asleep to the things of God today. Right? We're asleep every single time we come to church and just treat you know church as if it's just a service. That's being asleep. 
We're asleep every single time that we treat our faith as if it's just a set of beliefs or a belief system. You know, we, we're asleep every single time we treat Good Friday as if it's just a memorial. You know, we're asleep every single time that we do our quiet times or we go to a CG, maybe when we do our studies or we, you know, you know, we go to our workplace and we don't engage in the heart of God in those places. Every single time we choose not to engage in the heart of God and the heart that he has for the situations and the burdens around you at that moment is when we choose to be asleep. And if that's the case, then we can be asleep a lot of the time, can't we? And so the message today is very simple. The message today is this. Let's wake up. That's it. Don't let another day go by without engaging the heart of God for your life and for the people around you and the world around you. Watch and pray so that we do not fall into our carnal habits like we do every single day and so that we can be used powerfully to do His will just like Christ was used to do 2,000 years ago on the cross. I really think the greatest way that we can honor the death of Christ is by living a life that is fully awakened to God each and every single day for what's on his heart for you today. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you, God, that even though we're celebrating a Good Friday service and the death of Christ, we know that he is alive right now. And he's living within us. And he's, in our, he's here in our church. He's here in our families. He's here in this city. He's here in this world. And God, we thank you so much that you've given us the privilege to be your child. So Lord, help us not to live asleep each and every single day to the things that are upon your heart, to your desires in our world, and in, in our, especially through our lives. So Lord, help us to live as awakened people. Help us to never take another step forward without really being engaged in your heart and in your love for your people, your children in this world. Father, we pray, God, that we know we really believe that the greatest way we can honor the death of Christ is to truly live awakened to the things that are upon your heart. So help us to truly take every single step, every single day, independence upon you, engage in the things that are upon your heart, and help us each and every single day to live the narrow path to carry our cross. And Father, to stop celebrating what fans celebrate and to start walking the way followers walk. Help us to truly be your disciples that give you the glory just like Jesus did in the garden that night. We thank you so much. May you receive all glory, honor, and praise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord radiate his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen.